Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we delve into the darkest recesses of the internet to find something interesting or even comprehensible. I'm Matt Heron. I'm Jeff Kowalski. I'm Louisa Heron. You threw me off by not having a... Yeah, I'm fucking around even less than usual this week, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I got an alarm just now, because I thought uh, energy seems real low, but then I realized my volume was just turned down, and you guys are just (laughs) quiet because of that. No, we're whispering. We were whispering, but laughing, like at a sleepover party. <laughs> the covers, you got a flashlight. That's, that's the highest energy a human being can be, I think. Yes, I remember agreed. when I was a kid, and I would do sleepovers, and we would all be, like, whispering secrets or whatever in the dark, like, my body would be vibrating with excitement. <laughs> Did yes. you guys have that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And what's crazy is then if an adult yells at you and says, no, you have to go to sleep now, you... You're like, okay, I better be more quiet. And you still feel super excited, but then yeah. somehow instantly you're asleep instead. <laughs> I don't think I can do that anymore. I yeah. definitely couldn't. Now it's the kind of thing where it's like, if I have to walk up the stairs five minutes before I go to sleep, I'm like, oh, I'm too wired. Yeah. <laughs> I've got adrenaline <laughs> pumping through my system. <laughs> I had to reach over and turn the lamp off, and now I'm fully <laughs> awake again. <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh, I've, I've, uh, I've had, like, moments where I'm like, oh, I can feel that if I, like, lay here perfectly still with my eyes closed for another 45 seconds, I'll be asleep, but I have to pee. But if I get up to pee, I won't fall asleep for another hour. Yeah. Yes. And then you start sweating. It's terrible. I'm very happy that I've conditioned myself over the years to, as soon as I am awake and know that I need to pee, I just immediately get up and do it, even if I'm still mostly asleep, (laughs) so that I can hopefully hit the mattress again before I'm aware that I'm awake. Mm, That works sometimes, especially in the winter when it's warm when you get back into bed. Yes, exactly. Oh, man. The thing is, I feel like the best way to sleep is to exhaust all of your body's faculties enough that they can't do anything but sleep. Yeah, you have to get yeah. into bed and start thrashing around as much as possible. <laughs> or, like, if it's super-duper incredibly mega-cold out, and, like, your whole body has been tense to stay warm all day, and then you get under the blanket and it's, like, suddenly this rush of warmth, like, your body's just like, oh, thank fuck, and then you're just unconscious. Yeah. Your bowels let loose. Yes. <laughs> oh, <Exactly>. God. <laughs> you made that so horrible. <laughs> oh, that's fine. I'm glad it's horrible. <laughs> yeah, we're, if, we're here, if we're here for nothing else, we're here to ruin the simple pleasures in life. That's true. Uh, Jeff, what did you do this week? Uh, Boom, I got you. you. Thank you for asking me, because I was ready to go, and I was going to try to trick you guys to ask me first. (laughs) Uh, Jeff, you have such little confidence in the two of us to do the show. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So what I did this week is I bought a mattress. Um, Ooh, exciting. Yeah, because the mattress I was sleeping on has... I have, it's an interminable number of years old, I don't even know, and it's a spring mattress, which they haven't made since the 12th century BC. Um, yeah. It's full of straw ticking. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's stuffed. And ticks. It's stuffed with mummies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I was sleeping It sounded like you got close to the microphone for that one, like it was a secret. <laughs> yeah, don't tell anyone, but I stole a sarcophagus and have been sleeping in it for the past 23 years. Oh man, what if that was the comfort, oh, the most God. comfortable sleep you ever had, though? Mm. Yeah, the sleep number is six six six. The the famous mummy number. 
Just, Mummies are evil else. because they're not Christian. We all know, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they would go to that weird part of hell where Dante met Achilles or whatever. <laughs> Achilles wasn't a real man? <laughs> yeah. Uh, neither, Dante's Inferno was not a documentary. Yeah. Dante no, wrote know, a bunch but, of fan fiction in there. Come no, on, No, but Dante meets real humans that lived while he's traveling through the circles of hell, not mythological figures. I'm I thought he sure met he some that were... mythological figures. Yeah, he met some that Does were he? definitely uh, suspicious provenance. I definitely read all of those books, and I don't remember that. But the, that doesn't mean it didn't happen, because my memory is bad. The devil was That's frozen fair. in a big ice cube in the middle, right? Spoiler yes. alert? Okay. Yes. That's uh, not a spoiler. <laughs> That's in the first, like, <laughs> the second canto or whatever. Sure. That's all I remember, though. <clears throat> I remember that anyway, politicians um, are punished by drowning in boiling oil. Anyway, I bought a mattress, and it's a, it's a memory foam mattress, mm-hmm. um, and I just completely lost my place just now before you heard it, uh, because I'm <laughs> recording on that mattress, and I feel like I'm sinking into it like in Nightmare on Elm Street when the bed eats Johnny Depp and then explodes into a blood fountain. Okay, is there blood inside this mattress? Uh, no, but I feel like it's going to suck me in, um, and then I'll be shredded up and expelled. Um, okay. It's so soft, it came in, you hear always, box size of the mini-fridge, not this one. This one was the bo- a box that was, uh, the size of, like, I don't know, a small child? It was, like, four feet tall. Um, <laughs> Wait, it was- Bigger overall than a mini-fridge or smaller? It was, like, two mini-fridges stacked on top of okay. each other. Um, and I opened it, and I let it floomp out, um, and then, like, went out all day, and when I came back, it was fully, like, back to size. And, gosh, it's so comfortable. Did your room stink like a CVS when they put out all the Halloween candy? (laughs) Like, just pure plastic? (laughs) Uh, it didn't, but also, maybe my room just smells worse than this mattress, so I can't tell. (laughs) It's impossible to know. Um... If anyone else wants this mattress, it is on Amazon. It is the Prima Sleep Modern 10-inch Airflow Gel Memory Foam Comfort Bed Mattress. Okay, I won't remember that. Uh, and I it is 160 no, sorry, $130. Pretty good. For what size? Yeah. Uh, a twin, but our friends Chris and Leah bought a full size, and that was like 150 This is before tax price, too. Hmm. That is... I genuinely don't understand how an adult can sleep on a twin mattress. I'm sorry, Jeff, I know, but I just can't understand it. Well, I'm very small, and no one ever shares the bed with me, so... <laughs> I feel like I you've like, committed to that by buying a twin-sized mattress. <laughs> that no, is true. because I never get to the point where someone would have to share the bed with me because of my bad personality and face. Because you don't watch scary movies, and then the person's like, I'm too afraid to go home, can I sleep with you tonight? Now, see, I was... That's a good joke, except for the last time I did share this bed with someone, we did watch a scary <laughs> movie in it. Aha! <laughs> uh-huh. So that strategy does work, actually. No. Well, sure. <laughs> for the Why sleeping, not? at least. Yeah. Um, for the pretense. I- <laughs> I highly recommend getting one of these mattresses. It's so goddamn comfortable. Good. Uh, so it's so, not too hot, even though it's a summer and sometimes people say memory, memory foam's too hot. Uh, I, it is significantly warmer than my previous mattress, and I'm considering getting some kind of cooler mattress topper. 
Okay. Um, but I also have a fan and an air conditioner in my room, so. Okay. I used to have a memory foam mattress, and when Jen and I first started dating, she said that she would not continue dating me unless I got a regular bed. (laughs) 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 Which is fair, because, uh, yeah, those memory foam mattresses are very, either you like them or you hate them. Mm. Um, and I, I liked mine fine, but she was just like, I can't, like, I sleep one hour a night when I sleep over at your apartment. <laughs> uh, I have a box spring and a bed frame, so I'm already doing better than 85% of men, if you ask Twitter. <laughs> yes, yeah. Sure. Do you have a bed frame? <clears throat> yeah, I said that. Oh, I thought- I said a box spring and a bed frame. Oh, sorry, I missed that part. Yes. No. Uh, it is like an old metal bed frame that you have to, like, I don't know. Mm, it, like it, from a hospital. <laughs> Yeah, like from a fancy hospital. Does no, it have it, wheels? Uh, yes. <laughs> no, it, it it does have wheels, but I have it on risers, so it doesn't move around, uh, and I oh, store that stuff under, under it. Yeah, that underbed storage. That's the thing. I, I agree with you, Jeff, that the, like, typical single bachelor pad bed setup is, like, mattress and maybe box spring on the floor, and I'm just like, how are these men living without underbed storage? Yeah. Yeah, that's oh. a lot of space. And it's so good. I need to keep a bunch so of boxes full of PlayStations <laughs> under there. <laughs> In case like, you need them again. I keep, I all of, again. keep all of your extra linens under there for when you need to swap your bed sheets. Obviously. No. Keep your dumb shit. Xbox 360 <laughs> under there, just in case one day you need it. Yeah. Sure. Um, anyway, I, um, it's good. It's a good one. I recommend it. Matt, what did you do this week? Uh, so as you guys know, but our listeners probably don't know, we have been, uh, as our friend group, uh, watching movies as a group, uh, during the quarantine to sort of stay social. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we are about to do our second group movie later this evening, um, and in order to arrive at it, we did a voting thing and people nominated movies and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so the movie we're going to be watching later tonight is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. But one of the movies on the list was Jumanji. Uh, and last night we were sitting around and Jen was, was saying how she kind of wished that it had been Jumanji because it's been <laughs> so long since she'd seen Jumanji. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we could just watch it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. let's just watch it. So we watched Jumanji last night while I baked cookies. Oh, it was sorry. very nice. Uh, <laughs> not the new one, the old one, the 95 one. I think I like the new one better. Is that sacrilege? Yes. yes. Um, I haven't watched the new one, but I'm sure you're wrong. Okay. I watched the old Jumanji last night, and I want to talk through some some talking points with you guys. Yeah, first of all, I'd like to say, I think I, I haven't seen the new one. I think I might prefer it just because it doesn't have Robin Williams in it. Oh, no, Robin Williams. anti-Robin Williams? Yes, we've already talked about this. Huh. Yes. Robin Williams is pretty bad in most things, but I do actually think he's okay in Jumanji. Mm-hmm. Partially because he is not playing a cocaine-addled madman like he is in almost every movie he is in. <laughs> um, and he has some some decent emotional moments, although I did notice that his character's best emotional moments are when he's being played by that boy from the Ice House at the beginning. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, okay, so where's this movie 
the movie about the wizard that decided to make a cursed board game for kids. Oh, God. You're asking for a, a Jumanji the Phantom Menace? I don't want that. I want to know the story behind... Okay, this game is clearly designed to teach kids, like, you think your imagination is fun, but if your imagination was real, it would be terrifying. Yes. That's a good I lesson, know- right? I want to know more about that guy who's like, this is the lesson kids need to know, and I have infinite magic power, so that I'm going to make it happen. Gary Gygax. <laughs> we always knew, right? Yeah, maybe. That's not a human name. Yeah, that's it's true. true. <laughs> well, he made that name up, right? His name can't possibly actually have been Gary Gygax from... I don't know. Is he Eastern Earth. European? There's a lot of X's and... Ah, those names. His name was Ernest Gary Gygax. Damn. <laughs> wow, that's not the part of his name I thought was fake. <laughs> ah, I can see why you went by his middle name. It sounds much more like a superhero name. It definitely does, yeah. yeah. But anyway, um, like, I just, I'm just so interested in the idea of a wizard making... And it, it was probably the same wizard that made Zathura, right? Let's assume it was. Yeah. Oh, of course. They're in the same franchise, the same author of yes. those books. Yes, I know this. Um, so, like, I love the idea of a wizard who's just like, okay, I need to teach a moral to kids that maybe will imperil their lives for all eternity. <laughs> and the moral I want to teach them is stop imagining so much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not, like, listen to your parents or chase your dreams or whatever. Um, I just think that's fascinating. That's such a great... That seems like such a great character. I think that's a great lesson, though. That teaches kids to mature their imaginations. If if you have them be like, uh, well, what if I lived in a volcano? And then you have them think, like, well, what if you did live in a volcano? Yeah. (laughs) What would be the ramifications of that? Yes, that's a good point. And and that transitions nicely into my second point, what I want to talk about, which is the... Authors of the movie Jumanji are much better at conveying a social message than the author of the book Jumanji, (laughs) because while the thesis of the book Jumanji is basically what you just said, Louisa, like, before you imagine things, think about it in a more detailed way, um, the the movie, I I don't know if I had seen it as an adult uh, until last night. But the movie is very actually uh, concerned with conveying the idea that society co- like uh, conditions boys and girls to deal with trauma in different ways, mm. which is so wild. And I like the fact that like Robin Williams as a little boy is like being yelled at by his father to face down his bullies. And then he gets sucked into a board game and has to live in a survival situation for 26 years. And then Bonnie Hunt's character is traumatized by the same event and then spends 26 years with people being like, this didn't happen. Don't talk about it. Pretend it didn't happen. Try to be normal. Like, fuck man, that is gender politics. Rich writ large. Yeah. Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, I think that it is just, like, before maybe 2003 or so, people just wrote movies uh, better. Yeah, maybe. I I think that people were just more, like, thinking about that kind of stuff with family movies um, back then than they were later. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think that there was a certain period of family and kid movies where people were like, well, we need to teach the kids a lesson as well. Yeah. It can't just be educational. And like, yeah, that's a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> I think it's become uh, flattened out by so much more analysis being available online now for movies. So mm. you couldn't throw in moments of like, well, this is how we <laughs> fuck up the raising of boys and this is how we fuck up the raising of girls. Because people would cut those parts out and do exposés on, like, look, this is trying to tell you that uh, the way that you're correctly raising your children is bad, actually. Yeah, keep your politics out of my Jumanji. Yeah, so (laughs) I feel like now people want to flatten that out and just like, well, we'll put some fart jokes in for the kids and uh, no other messages, thanks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and you can uh, absolutely get that by uh, watching the new Jumanjis, um, which have no message and are just (laughs) uh, jokes about what it would be like to get sucked into a video game. Yeah. The the craziest, the apex of this is the whole movie starts with that usual hook thing of, like, hook the movie, not hook like the Blues Traveler song. Mm, the hook will bring uh, you back, I heard? Yeah, Jeff, put that song at the end of the episode. Thanks, Jeff. What song? Um, so, uh, but uh, Ralph Fiennes is the, like, distant dad who's always working and mean to his son. Mm. Uh, and... Like, you watch the movie and you're like, mm, I see what's going to happen here. Like, he's going to learn a lesson about being a more sensitive dad or whatever. The lesson at the end is the kid being like, Dad, I understand that you're trying your best and I'm sorry for making it so hard on you. And the dad's like, I appreciate that you understand me. Let's form a more loving relationship. Like, fuck, man! <laughs> That's crazy! That's yeah. such an inversion of that thing. And, like, it's not wrong! Yeah. You know? I feel like there were so many movies that were like, is your dad working? That means he doesn't love you. And this movie's <laughs> like, listen, dads are people too, and they're really trying. <laughs> yeah, that's you what know? we need. Dads are people too. We need well, that message for <laughs> I mean, maybe we do for kids. Uh, have you seen Zathura? I have not, not, and I will not. Uh, I saw it. I guess my senior year of high school after it had come out on DVD and it was like one of those days where we weren't doing anything so they just threw a movie on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked it. It was pretty good. Yeah, probably. But was it as good as Jumanji, though? Um, I don't remember because I've seen... I haven't seen Jumanji in a long time and I haven't seen Zathura since then. <laughs> Alright, well. I mean, I'm sure it's entertaining. Yeah, I mean, it's directed by John Favreau and he's capable yeah. Was it animated? I feel like it was animated. Uh, no, it's a live-action movie. It had, um, Josh, Josh Hutcherson, Zach Shepard, <laughs> Kristen Stewart. <laughs> it's, until Kristen Stewart, it sounded like you were making up names. <laughs> it yeah. had, it had Josh, Johnson, Flynn. Oh, man, Dax is that guy's first name, too. It's not even short for something. Like, Decree. Okay. I love that. Decree is a great first name. Okay, final talking point about Jumanji. Decree Montgomery, he's a real man. Okay, final final talking point about Jumanji. I I had this conversation last night, so I already have some thoughts, but I want to hear your thoughts. You, this happens to you. The book, the, the movie Jumanji happens to you, and you end up, at the end of the movie, in love with Robin Williams or Bonnie Hunt, your choice, but also, you have this game. 
And in the movie, they tie rocks to it and throw it in a river. And then the very end of the movie, spoilers, you see it washing up on a shore somewhere. So their, their attempt to like get rid of this game has failed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you do? How do you protect humanity from this game? Uh, I will say that the, um, the, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, the reboot quasi-sequel, opens with the board game washing up on a shore. Someone takes it home and doesn't play it, and then it transforms into a video game in his garage while it is, like, sitting there for 20 years. Okay. Uh, so, just with that context, um, what I do is I sell it to a video game store never having played it. How does that protect humanity and not just you specifically? <laughs> I don't I don't know about it. I don't know that it's evil. <laughs> <laughs> so you're taking the uh, completely unaware uh, path? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you ignored the premise of my question maybe more than anyone has ever ignored the premise of any question. The game happened to you! Okay, the game happened you... to me and I survived. Yes, you are now in love with Bonnie Hunt, and you have this cursed board game for all eternity. Let me see what, what do you do? Like. <laughs> yeah, put yourself in that, those shoes. <laughs> Okay. I'll say I will throw into a volcano. I'm very obsessed with the volcano. Okay, today, I guess we have established that they cannot be destroyed. Well, so have we, we yes. Oh, here's the thing, though. I'm not destroying it. The fact that they could put it into a river lets you know that it could just be, you know, put into environmental mm, yes circumstances. So it doesn't get melted by the lava? Fine. It gets buried in the lava. It stays down uh-huh. in the magma, or it comes up and gets uh, frozen into a rock somewhere. That's fine. Yeah. But we see we see Robin Williams' character finds it buried in rock at the beginning of the, the movie. Mm. So it's it wants to be found, Louisa. Yeah. It has magic that will make it so that that rock will be well, chiseled out and turned into a column somewhere, and then that column will collapse and the game will be there, and then your grand your great 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 grandson will be killed by a fucking rhinoceros well, because of you, now. Louisa. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna if it can't be destroyed and it wants to be found, there is nothing I can do. Well, so find it in that column, and the construction worker who finds it is going to try to show people that it's secretly alive and can sing these songs, and no one will believe him. What? Is this a reference to something? <laughs> uh, it's a little Michigan J Frog there for you. Uh, it has cool. nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, you're really working hard on derailing everything today. Um, yes. Okay, yes, so. This is what Jed and I discussed. There uh-huh. are, as far as I can understand, there are two options available. Understanding the rules as they are oh, laid out in the, the movie. You send One. it to the Fortress of Solitude because Superman, being pure of heart, <laughs> can ignore this game, right? That's how that works. <laughs> yeah, he's pure of heart, and that's what Jumanji tests. Is <laughs> yeah, how exactly. Your heart yeah. is because it was made by the devil. Maybe, maybe it was the devil. That's why I want that movie. But anyway, there are three options if you consider the one that won't work, which is you keep the game right. and you become a crazy person who like doesn't even let anyone in your house because you're like, if you come in, you'll find the game. The game wants to be played. So like you become the eternal like caretaker of this game. But obviously, what if you could handle it totally chill like Bilbo Baggins did? Yeah. No, that's not going to work because, well, okay. The rules <laughs> yeah, are the ring ones. Far more powerful and uh, yeah, but 
The yeah, ring but, wants to be put on. Yes, the ring does want to be put on, but it doesn't seem as aggro about it as the Jumanji game. Because wow. the Jumanji game, if you're even in the house with it, starts deafening you with drums until you can't do anything but play the game. I think I would just <laughs> let people play it. <laughs> Jeff! I think it's fine. You have to stop abdicating your moral <laughs> responsibility before even trying to no, solve this here's problem. here's what you do. You start an escape room company. <laughs> you just have a room with the game in it. You get yeah. all the money ahead of time, and then you just lock people in the room until they disappear. <laughs> just let people die. Uh, I, um, I would no, but- bill it as a super exclusive rare game for only the richest of people and start murdering millionaires with it. <laughs> mm, that's pretty good. Um, that doesn't work. That will definitely, like, the problem is the destruction that the game wreaks is not contained to only the players, as we see many people die in Jumanji. We don't see them die. We, we absolutely die. do. <laughs> you see dead bodies being loaded into an ambulance at least twice in that movie. Mm, they're okay. just, uh, sensitive to light, so they have to cover their faces with a blanket. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, they're just sleeping. Don't worry about yeah. it. <laughs> um, Anyway, being a careta- an eternal crazy person caretaker would work until you die, and then you'd have to figure out how to convince someone else to take over your vigil without playing the game, and I don't think you could do that. You have played the game, though? You have played the game, but how do you prove to someone else that the game is real, uh, and that they need to dedicate their life to protecting humanity from simple. it? Simple! You do some tests and see who can play the game and come back, and if they don't come back, that's not your problem anymore. No! Your whole goal is to keep people from playing the game! You're well, putting this goal on me, that's not my goal at all. But it's the only way to protect humanity from being destroyed by this game eventually. I don't give a damn about humanity. I'm just gonna well, play this game. Should. It's fun. <laughs> anyway, what the the thing is, you need to either write a letter and stick it to the outside of the box that's like, listen, don't play this game, and I'm not saying this in the way where it would actually be really cool to play this game. <laughs> actually don't play it. But wording that letter would be so difficult. No, they've already yeah. done it. Uh, this place is a message, and part of a system of messages. <laughs> Pay yes. attention to it. Sending this message was important to us. We considered ourselves to be a powerful culture. This is not this a place of honor. This is not a game of honor! <laughs> no highly esteemed uh, game is commemorated here. Nothing valued is here. I have no idea what you're talking about. What is here was dangerous and repulsive to us. Uh, these are the long-term nuclear warning messages that are outside of nuclear dumping sites, where they tried to, they had to figure out how to indicate to future cultures that it was actually dangerous and there's no treasure there. Yeah, and they Matt, you should read out. this because it's insane. Yeah. I should, yes, that sounds very good. So yeah, something like that on the outside of the box, or you fill the box with poison. Okay. Because I think if you fill up that box in poison, it would just get sucked into Jumanji, and then whoever gets sucked into Jumanji will get poisoned. I don't... Why? Why would oh, that you know be what? the case? The oh. Jumanji board doesn't suck anything in unless the person rolls the dice. Mm, it specifically know. doesn't! The jewel doesn't even activate until the dice is rolled. So what I'm saying is, it's better for someone to die instantly than for them to play fucking Jumanji. But you got through the game, what if someone else can get through the game? But yeah. it's not just about that, it's about the existential dread of destroying reality as we know it. Do you I'm think you can go- put poison on a box and know for sure that you're going to kill other people when you also don't know for sure that they would die playing the game because you didn't die? 
Yes, because even if they don't die playing the game, you they they have broken reality. This is like a Cthulhu-level threat, Louisa. <sighs> no. No, this is like an SCP. It's R.I.P. to your king in yellow, but I'm different. <laughs> I can figure this out. I'm not going to yeah. get caught. <laughs> no, I, I think that what I want to see next in the Jumanji franchise is someone who has your attitude about it. And so they're like, I'm putting together an elite squad to go inside Jumanji and kill it from within. Mm-hmm. That would be very cool. Yeah. And you could have flashbacks to the guy who created the Jumanji game, and then you, uh, you can want these flashbacks too. You what want is- this prequel trilogy of Jumanji movies? <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> no, you don't even need to do that because what if the game is only so incredibly powerful because the wizard put a little bit of their soul into the game? Mm-hmm. So you have to find and fight them in the game. This wizard. Yes. I love this idea. Maybe the ju- the game only exists because it was the only way the wizard could achieve immortality. Mm-hmm. But if it's a wizard in Jumanji, that kind of breaks the theming, unless he's like a really racist witch doctor type thing. Yeah, is there a way we could make him like some kind of uh, colonial colonialism villain? <laughs> yeah, he's, you can he's a conquistador. Sure. He's a conquistador oh, with a magic oh, wand oh. and you have to kill him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't sound bad to me. Riding a broom around. Yeah. Blasting you with fireballs. (laughs) Yep. He is wearing the correct uh, clothing, but he looks like a long, gray-bearded Gandalf type. (laughs) Now, I do want to circle back because I don't think I made this clear. Louisa, Mm -hmm. the reason that you need to kill the person rather than allow them to play the game, even if there's a chance they could survive, is because... If someone who was not as pure of heart as Robin Williams and Bonnie Hunt gained the power to rewrite reality and change history using the board game, they could destroy humanity as we know it. I think the board game has a subtle intelligence to it, and if somebody evil tried to use it, it would backfire on them like a genie. How could it backfire worse than it does to the good people in the movie Jumanji? (laughs) Uh, their lives are ultimately made better by Jumanji. Ooh, that is true, but that isn't through the workings of the game. That's through them fighting against the game. Yeah, exactly. The game provides them an obstacle with which to confront their own failings. Okay, maybe that's true. But why on earth would it not do the same thing for bad people? I mean, then they wouldn't be bad and couldn't use the game to take over the world. I mean, like, at the end of it, they'd come out and be like, ah, I shouldn't be evil and use Jumanji to take over the world because of the lessons <laughs> I learned playing Jumanji. The at game best, has done it all in one night! There's no, still time! At best, Jumanji presents people with the opportunity to be better, but as we've seen in the world, bad people are given the opportunity to be better all the time, and they're like, no, I like being bad, actually. Yeah, and I think if you made that choice, a crocodile would come chop your nuts off or something. <laughs> That's what that happened cro- to Captain Hook. In that, the crocodile wanted, that crocodile <laughs> wanted to chop Robin Williams' nuts off. That You cannot tell me that the game was like, mm, I know he's going to be better than this crocodile and protect his nuts. I know that's not how the game thinks. <laughs> it did. The game protected Robin Williams' nuts. <laughs> how? By training him in the jungle for 26 years to protect yes! his nuts? Obviously, yes. <laughs> <laughs> You could tell because, no, like, all of the people who died in the background, they were, like, criminals and sex perverts. 
<laughs> None <laughs> of the main characters who we know and love died because we know that they're I don't all know. dead. We never see BB New-, New Earth again after she gets blasted in the face by an entire swamp worth of water. <laughs> Uh, I She's was, just gone from the movie after that. <laughs> I was looking at the uh, cast list for the franchise, and apparently she's in the sequel to the new one. Spoilers. BB uh, Newworth? Yeah. Hmm. In the game? In um, Jumanji The Next Level, the second one with The Rock. Is she in in the game, though, or is she in, like, the world? I don't know, I didn't see it. I just because... saw that she plays the same character in that movie. Hmm. Yeah. That's... Wow, that really changes a lot about the first movie, actually. Who else would want to come back from the original? (laughs) Definitely David Alan Greer. What else is he doing? Yeah, that's true. Maybe he's dead? Uh, In real life or in the game? No, is he alive in He's alive in in the movie, for sure. (laughs) He's alive in real life, too. I did have to look it up, though. Mm, If you're alive in the movie, you're alive in real life. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's why everyone, once they die in real life, you can't watch their movies anymore. Yeah, Ocean's Eleven is Ocean's Ten now that (laughs) Bernie (laughs) Mac has died. Oh, no! Today today is either his birthday or the anniversary of his death, because he's trending online. Wait, that um, old man one died too. Yeah, We're down sure to Ocean's did. Nine. Yeah. Oh my right. god. Soon it's gonna be Ocean's Eight, the one with all the women in it. Yeah. And then uh <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that'd be great. Uh one day Brad Pitt woke up to find that he had turned into Helena Bonham Carter. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you went with one of the like tertiary characters. <laughs> I don't know who's in fucking Ocean's Eight. <laughs> but you knew Helena Bonham Carter was in it. She's, she's barely she's like in it. like the most famous person in it, though, right? No, it's got a uh, Sandra Bullock, Sandy Bullock. and um, oh, I hate it. I Kate, hate Kate Blanchett, Mindy Kaling's in it. Oh, like, all kinds of people. I like, I like those people. I don't know. The only person I knew that was in it was Helena Bonham Carter. She was in all the commercials. I don't remember that. Yeah. I remember uh, Kate Blanchett wearing like leather pants. Yeah, it was a lot of Kate Blanchett wearing leather pants. Can we not talk <laughs> about movies that make me horny anymore? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Louisa, what did you do this week? Uh, what did wait, I do? Wait, this wait, wait! Oh. I want to make. Hold on, before we move on, I'm so sorry. I want to make it clear that Jeff means Kate Blanchett in leather pants makes him horny, which is totally fine and not weird, as opposed to the movie Jumanji, which is about kid death making Jeff horny. Okay, uh, now we can move on. Now Rob Williams getting uh, pissed on by an elephant or whatever happens in that movie—that does it for me. That definitely does not happen in that movie. <laughs> it seems like it would, though, right? It definitely should. Yes. <laughs> If it was going to happen, it would happen in that movie. I'll give <laughs> yeah. you that. I wish oh it did. Uh, so, moving on. <laughs> uh, this week, I finished watching the TV show What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. Which has had two seasons so far, and it was very good. I hadn't watched it before this week, or maybe like ten days ago, but I started season one, and now I'm done season two, and it was very good. You guys have both yeah. seen it. Yeah, I just finished uh, season two last night. Um, The problem is that what I really most want to talk about is where I think they're going to go for season three, given how wild the season finale of season two was. But Mm -hmm. I don't know that we can do that without spoiling stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I thought it was interesting how season two spread out its celebrity guest stars throughout the season instead of putting them all in the finale and then only had, like, one in the finale. Yes, although having all of those celebrity guest stars in the finale of season one 
is incredible. Yes. Yeah, it was v- very shocking. You yeah. watch that and you're like, fucking what? How did they what? Yes. The fact that the fact that Wesley Snipes shows up is <laughs> insane to me. Yeah. Right, now we're just spoiling stuff though. So yeah, that's true. Uh, I will say I think a lot of the people who've a lot of the bigger names who've guest starred must now have a connection to the show through Taika Waititi because he directed uh, Thor Ragnarok, right? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Although I do also think a lot of the people involved with the show have worked with um, Mighty Boosh and the Flight of the Concords guys before. Mm. Um, I I posted in our Discord because I couldn't believe it that the lady from... Uh, from Great British Bake Off, the most recent season of Great British Bake Off guest stars in an episode, <laughs> which is insane. Yes, that uh, was very good. She did a very good job. <laughs> she did do a very good job, and like <laughs> it was very funny that she was making fun of her own accent being too fake, which was good. <laughs> uh, but also, watching it, I was just like, wait, how? And then after a while, I was like, oh, wait, Noel on Great British Bake Off was on Mighty Boosh with Matt Parker, who plays the... So, like... Yeah, maybe. Maybe that is how it happened. Matt Barry? Yeah. Matt Perry, yeah, that's what I Barry. meant. Barry. Barry, Barry. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if there was a writer named Matt Parker. <laughs> no, sorry. Okay. I just am bad with names. Yeah. Okay, a, gotcha. a couple a couple of uh those guest stars, I was like, mm, they probably like were at the same HBO parties and stuff, right? Like they probably go to all the HBO premieres together. Maybe. From the first season, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, there maybe. HBO people in there. Uh, I can oh, think sorry. of one. HBO is probably <laughs> how they would say it. Sure. I can only of think of countries. one of those celebrities being heavily involved with HBO. Am I missing something? Mm, I can't remember everyone who was in it. It was also very <laughs> funny that they were all obviously not filming in the same room together. <laughs> yes, that that's hilarious. Good. They did a good job of that. Um, but I think it's a great show, and I think it does a good job at using the framework of the movie, but then telling different stories. So it's not like they're rehashing stuff, which you get a lot in TV shows made for movies. <clears throat> yeah, surprisingly, the movie does an extremely good job of setting up a unique rule set for a world where vampires live mm-hmm. that I haven't yeah. really seen done before. Um, and then that opens up a whole world to play in and like just using that framework, but not actually telling any of the same stories is pretty, is a pretty smart way to do it. Yes. Um, it's interesting that some of the rules that they break sometimes though, like they sometimes have a vampire needing to be invited into a house, but then sometimes they can just break in through an upstairs window, and sometimes they can't do that, and that's a bit strange. But I guess you just have to kind of go along with all of it. Yep. Uh, I do appreciate that they are that they do a good job of keeping continuity between episodes. Mm-hmm. When they did the episode where they summon, well, okay, minor spoilers. When they do the episode where they summon their own ghosts to live in their house, mm-hmm. uh, and then the, it possesses that doll, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Nadja's ghost possesses that doll, that doll is there for the whole rest of the series. Yeah. Yep. It's just around. I yeah. love that doll. <laughs> that doll is um, very good. I wish it wasn't so obviously CG, because if they'd done it with a real puppet, like a non-silicone-faced puppet, it would have been so much scarier. Okay, I was gonna say, I think it is a real puppet, but you're right, it is a very rubbery, uh, electronic kind of puppet. Yes. 
Um, I think that they do a good job of sticking to the rules. Like, you mentioned a vampire breaking in through the upper window, and the mm -hmm. only one I can think of is a vampire who is disguised as an animal and got invited in and then transformed into a vampire. I'm thinking of when they had such a hard time... This is a bit of a spoiler-free episode, but not much. Uh, they're having a hard time breaking into the animal control building, and they, yes. they, they need to be invited through the door, and then they're trying to get the code to get through the next door. But then... Uh, Nandor just flies up and uh, breaks through the window. <laughs> but but he, that's after he was already invited in the first time. Oh. I don't remember that. Okay, I'll accept that, yeah. Well, they go in through the front door yeah. to, to fill out the paperwork, and then he's like, this is so boring, and then he goes outside and turns into a bat and flies in through the upper window. Okay, so maybe that counts then. Yeah. But it um, struck me at the time as being very uh, incongruous. Yes. I, uh, I like the idea of doing a TV show sequel to a movie instead of, like, MASH style, where it was like, eh, it's the same premise as the movie, but different actors play all the characters. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, I discovered that that Limitless uh, TV show that was on a few years ago was a sequel to the movie, and Bradley Cooper has a cameo appearance in the season oh, no. finale. <laughs> And his character becomes has be from the movie has become like a senator due to his magic brain pill. <laughs> God, he's like running the for only, president or something. The only way that that would be worth watching is if Bradley Cooper was the villain of the TV series. <laughs> that would like, be awesome. That would be pretty. That good. would be actually a pretty cool idea. No, he's he's uh, like an Academy Award nominated songwriter and director now, so he'll never star in a TV show ever again. <laughs> Correct. Um... I do think, back to what, what we do in the shadows, mm. I do think that it's very, like, the writing is very incredibly good, mm. and they do a good job of doing something I think a lot of shows fail at, which is allowing the actors, who are all very funny comedians, to contribute to their characters in meaningful ways. Mm. <clears throat> yes. I very much like going back to Matt Barry. Uh, who I think is very funny, and he's been great in everything I've ever seen him in. But he always plays that kind of, like, bloviating buffoon character. Mm. Yes. <laughs> um, and just the fact that he has to yell the word bat before he turns into a bat <laughs> is such a th him thing. But it's yes. so funny every time. <laughs> it is, and then he says human form when he turns Yes! Into it's so good! <laughs> and the episode where they're trying to teach that new vampire how to do things, and he's like, you have to yell bat, and then Naj is like, you don't have to do that. <laughs> and he's like, no, you do. And we've been uh, talking about this, but the show has introduced something that wasn't in the movie, which is the idea of an energy vampire, which is mm -hmm. someone who just uh, drains people's uh, emotional ability to cope, I guess, yes. when they're in hard situations. Yes. And that's very cool. And the show hasn't established a whole lot of rules for this guy, and we don't know a whole lot of his rules. I like the episode where you meet the other energy vampire who does it in a completely different way, and mm -hmm. they are friends for a little while. <laughs> that is very good. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what does Matt Berry sound like in real life? Because he does this insane voice in <laughs> What We Do in the Shadows that he also does in the IT crowd, and yes. that can't possibly be what he sounds like in the regular I think world. He just it? sounds like that, but quieter. <laughs> is all. Do you guys remember what he guest starred on an episode of Community? Mm -hmm. No. He was their grifting professor. <laughs> yes. 
so good. Huh. <laughs> and everyone had to bring a, a, a um, briefcase to class and then swap their briefcases around. And then he had, they had to buy replacement briefcases from him. Oh, that was a good episode. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only things I wish they'd done differently is they set up the show a lot like the movie in that it's already established vampire roommates in one big house. And they only have one woman this time. There's no women in the movie. And I really wish that they had had more. Although there has been some uh, plot developments that have been (laughs) boiling over two whole seasons, which I am assuming will be paying off next season about that. Yes. Um, I I like the fact that Nadja is the best one. (laughs) I think it's very much uh, like the fact that the showrunner and head writer is a woman, I think makes it so that she is a much more believable female character than the the main female character in the movie who is terrible. Yes. Agreed. <clears throat> Although, I do like uh, my favorite character on the show is probably Guillermo. Mm. And I didn't like him at first because I don't like cringy, sad sack characters. But they really have developed him in a very believable way into something different. So yes, he and he's stories. the only character that has an arc that actually, like, makes sense and changes over time. Yes. Which yeah, makes he's... sense, because he's immortal and the rest of them are vampires, so they have no reason to change. He's the POV character, for sure. Yes. Yep. But I do like how, in both the show and the movie, they did the thing... I'm thinking back to The Office again, both the English Office and the American version where you introduce in the pilot someone's dynamic, and you're like, oh, I get it. This sad sack is pining over this uh, thing he wants that he can't have. And then they just have to try to keep that going. Yeah. But for the show and the movie, both of those familiar... The thing is, a familiar will basically be the dog's body to a vampire in the hopes that they will get turned into a vampire. And it's pretty clear right from the get-go that the vampires are too self-absorbed to want that to actually happen. But in both the movie and the TV show, the familiars actually get to get some of what they want out of life. Like, in the movie, the familiar does get turned into a vampire by somebody else, so she gets what she wanted. Yeah. I think Guillermo's arc is much more interesting than that, too, because they do a a lot of episodes that are very clearly based on Guillermo's arc, where he meets other familiars and, like... Mm -hmm meets with people who used to be familiars, who spent their whole lives working and never got changed to be vampires. Mm-hmm. Both of those are, like, actually quite interesting stories in and of themselves, but they're especially interesting in how they impact Guillermo's worldview. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, again, the writing is just incredible. Yeah. I yeah, highly recommend this TV show. Yes, agreed. I want to point out that, Louisa, on our Discord, you said... Uh, the second season, you felt like all of the the monsters were scarier. Yes, I do feel um, that way. And the very first thing I thought of, spoiler alert, was the episode where uh, the energy vampire guy um, uh, gets more gets a promotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> because he is the scariest monster oh in the God. whole second season. In it's that episode, true. <laughs> yes, it's horrible. <laughs> Also, I fall for the, like less of the psychological horror than just the simple classic horror things, which I hate. And they have one scene where they're in a place where the rooms, uh, they're in a room with a bunch of doors, and the doors open on horrible things. And one is an old woman who, like, CGI, it does look fake, but she gets out of her chair and her body, like, cracks all over the place and she, like, spider walks towards them. And that's, yeah. that, I don't like that one bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> No thanks. Yeah, that, that makes sense that you would not like that. It's supposed to be unpleasant. Yeah. yeah. 
I like when Nick Kroll comes to live with them and has his uh, girlfriend, <laughs> question mark, and she's just horrible. I love that in the movie and the show, they've decided that vampires can be any way of looking that we think of vampires looking. Yes. Like, yeah. any of it. Any of it yep. can be a vampire. Very good. Yep. I like that every time they introduce a new crazy type of vampire, all of the vampires on the show are like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's just a way. Like, that's just normal. Yeah. <laughs> no one's ever like, ugh. I really like that there's a greaser vampire we see sometimes named Mr. 50s. Yes. <laughs> and I get excited whenever Mr. 50s shows up. He doesn't uh, do anything. He has never done anything. Correct. He's so good. <laughs> there is that part where Nick Kroll is defeated and sinking, and he calls out for help, and he's like, Mr. 50s, help me! <laughs> Uh, so good. I yeah. don't like Nick Kroll, but he's pretty funny on that show. Yeah. yeah when we were watching it, Jen was like, uh-oh. At, like, Nick Kroll is funny, but also just so repulsive in everything. It's <laughs> Repulsive impossible. is definitely the word, yeah. Yeah, it's impossible <laughs> to like him, even though he's good. He's just so unlikable. Yeah, I, I don't like that the kind of comedy he likes to do is being unlikable, but I think when he guest stars in roles, he always does a pretty good job. Did you ever watch The League? Mm, a bit of it, not much. Yeah, I watched maybe one season of it, but it was all actors who specialize in that. Yeah. <laughs> like, five actors who specialize in being unlikable bit parts in other shows. And I was like, how could you want to watch this? <laughs> oh, man. That is the uh, main genre of comedy of the 21st century. What, all unlikable people hanging out together? Yeah. That's what our, the premise of our show is. <laughs> Ooh, got him. Uh, well, let's get into the actual premise of our show, Yay! which is exploring a random wiki. Uh, yeah. I put one in the chat for us. It is the Transformers wiki. Yay! These are the robots in disguise, not the, like, electric boxes that are Damn on it! the wires. <laughs> uh, it is called Teletron 1, the Transformers wiki. More than meets the eye. Um, yeah, I wish it was more exciting at the top here. The background seems to be like a cartoon uh, future city. Yeah, uh, it looks like it's on the, the planet of Cybertron, I'm assuming. But this must be from a modern iteration and not the 80s series, because it does not look like 80s animation. <laughs> yeah, it looks uh, good, so it's definitely <laughs> from a newer one. I don't know if I would say good. It yeah, looks differently good. bad. <laughs> It looks like someone put effort into drawing it, unlike the old cartoon. I don't uh, know. Yeah, it looks like somebody programmed a computer to put effort into drawing it. <laughs> uh, anyway, it just says home at the top. Welcome to Teletran 1, the Transformers wiki, the fan-maintained database of Transformers knowledge that anyone can edit. Uh, we are currently working on 73,779 pages with 12,028 articles. Uh, and its files, I'm not reading that part, uh, since May 26th, 2005. Why do you think so many of the wikis we go to brag about the number of pages they have? You I don't have to do that. a default thing in the, like, template. Yeah, you could take is. it out, though. It doesn't, like, is it, is anyone like, mm, I'm not gonna waste my time on the Transformers wiki. Wait, 73,000 pages? Maybe I will. <laughs> well, you might compare it to a different Transformers wiki that has more or less pages. Mm. We are the top. Which one? We are the yes. top Transformers wiki in terms of number of pages. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I 
think that this is the trend. There is a Transformers wiki online that has a very fun tone to it, where all the pages have have sort of a, a they seem to have like a point of view rather than just being very neutral toned. And I think this is that one. Awesome. Hmm, interesting. Now, something Jeff said earlier made me want to ask this question. Do you think that these robots in disguise could convert alternating current to direct current like a yes. transformer would do? Uh, oh, yes. for sure. Yes, I think so, we probably So they they are transformers in every sense of the world <laughs> word. Yes. Uh they eat batteries and poop lightning or whatever. <laughs> yep. I mean, certainly they can adjust voltages. Hey, what's the power source of one of these things? Is it a battery? I guess it's a, the AllSpark. Yeah, yeah one of those space cubes. It's an AllSpark or Which a is just cube. a battery if you think about it. Yeah. Mm, but you shouldn't think mm. about it. Do they run down? Is if, there a nuclear reactor in there? <laughs> if they were made of wood, let's say, would they be powered by a potato? Ooh, good question. I think is they it? could be. Is that a good question? <laughs> Well, here's what's wild. There were dinosaur ones, right. but they were made out of metal and machine parts, too. Damn, damn it, you're right. How does that work? So, here's... I. Do you want, do you want to know how it works, or are you just being facetious? I mean, both. Okay, yeah. so here's what happened. Uh-huh. Uh, the Generation 1 Transformers, your Optimus Primes and your Bumblebees and whatnot, got shot from Cybertron to Earth... And went into, like, hypersleep for a million years or whatever. Yeah. Later, these other Transformers, who knew Optimus Prime as, like, this great historical figure, Mm -hmm. also blasted to Earth, but didn't go into hypersleep, so they landed hundreds of thousands of millions of years ago. (laughs) Uh, Like, while the the main Transformers are sleeping... Mm-hmm. Um, so they wake up and they're like, cool, we'll transform into whatever vehicles this advances so- Oh, uh, I guess we'll transform into gorillas and dinosaurs, because that's all they have here right now. <laughs> no, that makes a lot of sense, because the dinosaurs can't tell that another dinosaur is made of metal. <laughs> they're not able to do that. And yeah. I feel like dinosaurs are about as intelligent as trucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's sort of like Ford Prefect naming himself Ford Prefect because he thought that was the dominant uh, life on Earth. That's yes. why the Transformers turned into cars. They thought that was the main life form. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. It doesn't really explain why one of them turned into a boombox, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, everyone had boomboxes. <laughs> or why Bumblebee's important when he's nobody. He's a scrub. No, he's, he's... a veteran. Hey, respect our <sighs> veterans, Louis. No! <laughs> That boombox one saw someone carrying a boombox and was like, oh, that object is in a place of honor, and so it must be a king among these peoples. Mm-hmm. And so he decided to become a boombox, thinking he too would be carried on a palanquin of gold. How come none of the Decepticons are like an iPhone or whatever? Unless they are in the new movies, in which case don't tell me about it, because I don't care. That's what Black Mirror is about, and you didn't know yet. Oh, I have shit. only seen two of the Transformers movies, the first one and Bumblebee. Um, and Bumblebee, genuinely a good, like, family action movie. This I can't it. be true. The thing <laughs> no, you're saying cannot be true. It's it's fun. Uh, I think that if you're someone who liked the 80s Transformers movies, the uh, cartoon, there's stuff in there for you. And if you're someone who didn't like any of the Michael Bay Transformers movies, there's stuff in there for you. Uh, the 2007 Transformers one with Shia LaBeouf sucks eggs. Talk uh, about a movie- a part- 
there is a part where they make an Xbox and a Mountain Dew vending machine come to life. Those are the least cool technologies in our modern world, though, is the problem with <laughs> the that. The iPhone hadn't come out when they filmed the movie, though. That can't be true. The movie came out in 2007, the same year the iPhone launched. Yeah, there we go. So it had to have filmed before. Mm, But imagine how on trend they could have been. Yeah, they could have gotten that iPhone beta. Yeah. (laughs) That's nothing. (laughs) No, it's nothing. Um, Yeah, I do think that, uh, going back to your joke earlier about Robin Williams getting peed on by an elephant, (laughs) it's in insane to me that there's a robot peeing on John Turturro in that first uh, Transformers movie. Yeah. Yeah. They did Uh, that! They did that! Michael Bay was like, yeah, that's that's in the movie for sure. (laughs) And you know the only actor who's in all five of those movies? It's John Turturro. (laughs) And he's covered in pee from the first movie every time he appears. He plays a different character. Soaked in in robot piss. I'm pretty sure he plays a different character in all five of the Transformers. That's crazy. What? Also, it's pretty pretty weird that they didn't have, uh, what's his name? Shit. Damn it. Was it important to interrupt my joke? It is, because I can see him in my mind. I can't think of his name. From SCTV. From SCTV, he played uh, the dad. Didn't he play the dad? He was the dad dad in American Pie. Oh, Oh, Eugene Levy. Yeah, was he he Shia LaBeouf's dad in that fucking movie? I think so. (laughs) Was Kevin Pollock his dad? Oh, shit. Maybe he had two dads. Progressive. (laughs) Uh... Uh... I'm looking it up. Go on. Well, now I don't remember the thing I was going to say, so that was an important diversion, I guess. <laughs> no, it was really important. It was Kevin Dunn. Fuck! <laughs> guy yeah, who I, kind of looks like uh, Kevin Pollock. I, I think that if you had Eugene Levy, uh, the movie would have too many personalities in it. You need a straight man, Dad. I guess so, and I guess that was Kevin Dunn. I guess he yeah. did a great job, is what I'm trying to say. He needed to be forgettable. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's uh, kind of what Shia LaBeouf's role is in these movies, too, is to be forgettable. Yeah. Um, so, I went and saw Bumblebee because I thought it would be pretty good, and I was like, yeah, that was pretty good. Let me look up and see how it's connected to the other movies. And it isn't? <laughs> it just gives a different origin story for Bumblebee. Like, in the movies, he came to Earth and fought alongside King Arthur and stuff. <laughs> and then in... His own movie, he shows up on Earth in the 80s and hangs out with some 80s people. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just parallel universes, Jeff. They're going to cross over at some point. Yeah, he's going to get the... in a time machine and go fight with King Arthur. Is this yeah. the Tokyo Drift of the Transformers franchise? Oh, for sure. Okay. Uh, it's like it's basically like a whole whole reboot that does a bunch of different stuff that they're going to have to ignore if they want to make more movies in continuity with the bad ones that no one liked. I like this. The quote of the month is, I'm telling you, there's no way that Santa Claus could deliver billions of presents in one night. And that is Ratchet. So. Okay. (laughs) I also think- Santa Claus a Transformer? Is this Ratchet from Ratchet and Clank? Yes, it's a crossover. Um... (laughs) 
the topic's got uh, a uh, link to their Twitter feed, and their the tweet that's highlighted is, we have a new design on our wiki, doesn't it look great? From December 24th, 2019, maybe that's the last time that they've updated any of this. That might be the reason why this, I initially was unsure whether this was the good wiki or not, because it does look way different than last time I looked at it. So this is the bad one. <laughs> this is the evil uh, wiki. No, this is the this is the good one. It just looks different, uh, which is why I was confused at first. Okay. Uh, and for the record, Transformers are powered by Energon. Yep. Oh, I see a link for that. What does that mean? Uh, um, it's some kind of cube that and, that Transformers are made of and powered by. So they all so have their own Energon. It's just yep. a battery, then. It's a battery. Sure. It's a battery. But it's so a that pink- means. Th- it's that- a pink glowing cube is the important thing. <laughs> so that means they're direct current. Yeah. Hmm. So they're not transformers at all. Uh-oh. Yeah. Hmm. Well, if they can if they can change the voltage, then they still count as transformers. Okay. They're they just can- not alternating transformers. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They can transform from robots into cars. Is that important? No, I mean that's one that. that's okay. one sense of transformer, and no one is disagreeing that they can do that one. Jeff is Jeff is right now. Yeah, okay. no, they are certainly not transformers just because they can transform. <laughs> they are metamorphosizers. Oh, okay. <laughs> they digivolve from car into robots. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I've got a random page here. Um, I got, oh boy, an ad just appeared when I tried to look at the random page. I'm sorry, here we go. It's okay, Uh, I love your random page. Just for, I haven't clicked on it yet, but just the title makes me very excited. uh, I got Tutorbot. Uh, Tutorbot is an automaton from the Transformers animated franchise. Oh, and he's Uh, from, like, uh, the Jacobian period of England? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Transformers animated is like one of those mid-2000s where everything is sort of uh, exaggerated and chunky, like a, like a Ben 10 style animation. Well, you see, he's made with, by a wattle and daub uh, construction of architecture, and that's why he's shaped that way. That, you can see uh-huh. his supporting struts. Yeah, yeah, sure. Are you still making? Is. Are you still making Tudor jokes, Je- uh, Louisa? Yeah, of course I am. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay, I just wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah, he's played by uh, Jonathan Rhys Myers. Yeah. That's the guy from the Tudors, right? Yeah, you got it. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. I mainly know him from NBC's Dracula, a show that I was paid money to watch that was very bad. <laughs> uh, I know him uh, as one so- of those people that I have a collection of in my mind, I've talked about it before, who are very attractive, but they always look like they have pink eye, like Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer is another one. <laughs> it's just because he's always high, right? <laughs> That's the subtext of his performances. <laughs> the, the reason why Dracula got cancelled is because he was too high. That's not even a joke. Yeah. Uh, Tudorbot is a robotic teacher apl- employed and presumably built by Isaac Sumdak. Tudorbot is known to teach Sari on a regular basis, though by his teach. Though by his teaching style, it seems that he is designed to be used in a larger classroom environment instead of for solo tutoring. It is unknown whether or not Tutorbot is yet in widespread use. He tends to get destroyed. A lot. Fortunately, he doesn't feel a thing. So, a human made him. Hmm. And he's voiced by Tom Kenny. Does that mean he's a... Wait, Isaac Sumdak might be a robot. Nope, he's a human. Yeah. So does he... Does that mean he's not a Transformer? Yeah, I guess not. Mm, also, it. does he transform into anything, or is he just a tutor? 
It doesn't look like he transforms. He just has, like, a TV for a head and a, like, a graduation cap atop the television. Yeah. Classic Tudor. Well, you should say Mortarboard, because the convention of that being in uh, cartoons is going back to when professors actually wore those while teaching. I couldn't remember the term mortarboard, or I would have. I was yes. like, mortar and pestle? No, that's not it. <laughs> yeah, he flies around in a mortar and pestle like a Baba Yaga and teaches kids. Uh-huh. That would be way better. Well, that would be great. house with uh, big chicken legs, like one of the Star Wars walkers? Is that anything? Because it's a robot Baba Yaga house? Uh, sure. I- I'll say yes. I feel like I'm having some kind of weird dissociative episode after that <laughs> sentence he just said. <laughs> yeah. An at-at, but it's a Baba Yaga house. Think about it, Matt. Yeah. Uh, the Baba Yaga house is just the Russian folklore version of the Star Wars walkers that have two legs. The ATSTs, right? I guess. I don't know what the name I thought the is, the I love Star Wars. I thought the AT-ATs had four legs. They do, but no. I was just trying to get you to think of the thing quick, quickly yeah, enough. AT-ST is the, the chicken walker. Hell yeah! Okay. Did it. I did it. Good job. <laughs> now imagine that say Baba Yaga House, and we're all okay, the way Okay, now there. I like it, yeah. I do like it now that I'm right. <laughs> oh, that stands for All-Terrain Scout Transport. That's pretty good. How many scouts can you really fit in that weird chicken head, though? Probably, like, three. Yeah, it's pretty sure that... Ch- pretty sure okay. Chewbacca explodes one, and there's only, like, two guys in it. Yeah. So it doesn't even count as murder. <laughs> <laughs> BB-8 is in one and, like, takes up most of the place where the head would go. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about this being a transport. Seems like a backronym. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe, like... When it says scout transport, it means transporting one scout to go scout a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so their uh, legs don't get tired before they get there. <laughs> yeah. I like this little image on the left of Tudorbot, where it, uh, <laughs> where it's, it's, it says Perish on yes! the TV screen, <laughs> and underneath the caption says, Good evening, sorry, today's lesson is the extinction of all humanity. It's <laughs> pretty oh, good. That is good. It is something we all need to learn about. Uh, I wonder, is this guy a good guy or a bad guy? He's gotta be a good guy, right? Yeah, he's but teaching under- a kid. Underneath of that, he says, death to the Autobots. I think that's editorializing. I think okay. the person is just making funny captions for these pictures, but they have nothing to do with the pictures. I think, I think that this is a typical cartoon show dingus, uh, and as often happens with cartoon show dinguses, he is often persuaded by outside forces to be evil. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the Tudorbot yeah. seems to be the animated universe's Whipping Boy, and then Whipping Boy links to uh, Waspinator from Beast Wars. What? <laughs> okay. Uh, Waspinator is the universe's Whipping Boy. If something goes wrong, it happens to him. If something blows up, he's usually at the epicenter of the explosion. He has been blasted, burned, shot down, torn up, crushed, slashed, smashed, bashed, and otherwise reduced to his component parts times beyond counting. Hmm. He wrote I, that. Oh. No, this is what I mean about the um the this wiki having like a, a point of view about it. Yeah, that is much better writing that gives me a sense of who Waspinator is than anything we've ever read on any other wiki for this show. That's probably <laughs> true. I hate Waspinator. I'm looking at Waspinator now, and I hate him. <laughs> uh, I you guys. Uh, well, Matt, definitely, you grew up with the original Transformers, yes. right? Yes. Uh, yes. And I grew did. up 
I grew up with Beast Wars. Transformers was gone, and the bad CGI cartoon Beast Wars took its place. I didn't hate Beast Wars. I watched some of Beast Wars. I thought it was alright. Yeah, I enjoyed Beast Wars, and uh, I know in, like, the fifth episode or something, one of the main characters is killed, and just yeah. <laughs> doesn't come back. Just dies and is killed and is gone. And then there's, like, a season one finale betrayal where someone's been a traitor all along. Like, this is pretty advanced stuff for a kid's show in 1994 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the thing that's wrong oh, with Waspinator, if I can enumerate my qualms with Please. Waspinator... Um, in his original iteration, it seems like he has two long, spindly insect legs growing out of his forearms. Yep. That's not good for anyone, That's for right? He transforms into a wasp. I get that, but have him have more human looking arms. Don't give him, like, arms growing out of his arms. That's where, weird. Well, where's he gonna yeah. keep those bug arms? <laughs> First of all, that is weird. Second of all, that means total he has eight limbs when he's a wasp, which is too many, because he also has legs. No, he puts the legs and arms away when he becomes a wasp. Because uh... wasps don't have humanoid arms and legs. Yeah, but you can't have your cake and eat it too. Either have him always be <laughs> wasp arms and legs, or always be humanoid arms and legs. I don't like this flip-flopping. Oh, but nothing to me would be scarier than a wasp transformer with a human head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty bad. Can we also talk about how Waspinator is a terrible name and every Transformers name is a terrible name? Yeah, great. Uh, Waspinator's friend is Rat Trap, and that's a pretty good name for a Transformer that turns into a rat. No, counterpoint, it would be a good name for a tra any Transformer that didn't turn into a rat. <laughs> Having it be the one that turns into a rat named Rat Trap makes that name not good, actually. Do they pick their names after they get the animal? They must. They no, must have. That can't be true, though, because we see that Bumblebee is referred to as Bumblebee on the homeworld. Right, but he doesn't come to Earth and become a bumblebee. How no, about when I understand that, but no, 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 no. We have to address this. We I'm trying to! Uh, but his name doesn't change when he comes to Earth, regardless. So, are you trying to say, Jeff, that this is like their rap name? <laughs> like, Waspinator <laughs> is his name that he took when he became Here's a Waspinator? Here's what I'm he saying. Yes. On Cybertron, when they're speaking binary to each other, the movie has translated that to you as English. So it's telling you Bumblebee, but they're using their own language to say whatever name that is. And then Why would when they they're use on Earth. Binary? Are they I mean I guess they were made in the eighties. <laughs> of course. Plus I'm trying to think of robot language. Of course they I said speak binary. C sharp to each other. Yeah. Uh no, in actually I'm remembering now, we see a scene on Cybertron with the old clunky 80s style robots in the movie Bumblebee, and Bumblebee's name is B-127, and he doesn't become mm. Bumblebee until a human human names him Bumblebee. Okay. That's a little too convenient. In, in Beast Wars, there are no humans to give them those names. Mm, so I'm saying they land on Earth and invent the English language and decide that that's a wasp and that's a rat. Now, oh, I based on their own names. I like that. Oh, oh that yeah, funny. okay. This is like how uh, language in the Pokemon world is based on the words that Pokemon are saying all the time. <laughs> yeah. Now, I do want to point out that Beast Wars does not take place on Earth. What? <laughs> I believe Beast Wars takes place on a jungle planet that's not Earth. It's the Jumanji planet. But they go and find the, the like, Optimus Prime ship with all of them in hypersleep. 
and it's on the same planet as them. Uh, I'm gonna look this up, because I would- I- I could have sworn, and maybe I'm very wrong. I mean, that would make sense, because a T-Rex coexists with a gorilla, and I don't think that's real history. Yes, that's true. One of them is a velociraptor, and one of them is a wasp. <laughs> a wasp that's the same size as a velociraptor, roughly. That's, yes. That was true back in the day, though, wasn't it? <laughs> no. <laughs> that was never true. Uh, velociraptors were way smaller than, for instance, in Jurassic Park. We know that for a fact. And a lot of insects were very much bigger. There were those huge dragonflies. Are you sure there weren't wasps that were almost the size of a velociraptor? Uh, yes, because that's they wouldn't be able to breathe. That's too big for a, there was a more an creature oxygen, without lungs. An oxygen-rich environment. That's what they say about the giant dragonflies. You know. You know about this. Not, I know what you're talking about. Alright, maybe. <laughs> yeah, megafauna and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so apparently throughout the series, they refer to the planet they're on as uh, a mysterious planet, but it turns okay. out that it was Earth all along at the end. Oh no, you blew oh. it out, you sons of bitches. Like, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get your hands off the all spark, you damn dirty Decepticons. Yep. No, it's an ape! It's already an ape, Jeff! He's an ape! <laughs> no, the ape is the good guy, though. Optimus Primal is already an ape. Yeah, yeah. The good guy is getting yelled at by the bad guy, like in Planet of the Apes, when I like the it. evil Calvin uh, Heston yells at those <laughs> the great evil monkey astronaut men. Taylor yells at the uh, yeah. Saint Doctor Zeus. Yeah, those great <laughs> monkey men—they've made such a great society compared to human society. In that movie about the uh, heroic Doctor Zeus, uh, mm-hmm. called Invasion of the Humans. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I really think that it's fun that the main characters are the only ones to name themselves after pre-existing Transformers. He's like, uh, I'm gonna be Optimus Primal. You know Optimus Prime? I'm like him, but new, and a monkey. And the bad guy's like, I'm gonna be... Can't think of a good dinosaur pun. I'm just gonna be Megatron. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they needed to remind you you were watching a Transformers show. (laughs) I would have known by the fact that there were characters named Scorponok and Dinobot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I think you would have known by the fact that there were robots that transform. Oh yeah, that's true. If they were, they're not very good disguises, though. Yeah, robots well, sort of in disguise. Like I said, I don't think dinosaurs can tell the difference between their compatriots and ones made of metal. Yeah, it would yeah. be much more important for them to smell like dinosaurs than for them to look like dinosaurs. Do you think they mm-hmm. did that, too? Do you think they transformed their smell, Jeff? Yeah, they definitely rolled in, like, dino mud. Mm, all they would need to use is oil, like machines do anyway, which is made of Ooh. dinosaurs. Mm, ah. That's a good point. How do they lubricate their their uh, servos? Yeah. With Cybertronian crude oil. <laughs> made of? Cybertronian, Cybertronian dinosaurs. fossils. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dumb. Yep, everything's stupid. Uh, Give me okay. a random yep. page. I got a random page, and my random page is Subatlantica. Ooh, hell yeah! Subatlantica is an undersea kingdom in the deepest part of the Atlantic, populated by telepathic human-sized mermen. Its origins are unknown, and in spite of, or perhaps because of, its very high technology, the humans seem unaware of its existence outside of this tradition of the traditional Atlantis myth. Mm-hmm. So, this rules. What does this have to do with Transformers <laughs> at all? 
I mean, eventually, you're making Transformers for so long that you're like, mm, we're out of surface stories. We need to send them to Atlantis. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Was Donovan a writer on the Transformers originally? <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, that song rules. Mm. I've been listening to Donovan on, on and off lately on Spotify, and every time that comes out, the part where he's like, the magician. <laughs> it's still good. <laughs> Is, does Donovan have a song about Atlantis? Is that what you're making reference to? Yes, it's a song called Atlantis. Oh, okay, I hadn't heard it. This is it's, why Donovan appeared in that episode of Futurama about Atlantis. Yes. That episode of Stargate Atlantis. <laughs> no, and in that Futurama episode, he does a, a tourism video for the lost city of Atlanta, which is very funny. Mm-hmm. And he does a reprise of his song, of the spoken word part of the song Atlantis, which is also very funny. And he still references the magician, <laughs> which Pretty is good. extremely funny. <laughs> oh, uh. God. That song is so good. Also, Donovan is a very good songwriter. Anyway. Okay, well, enough about Donovan. You already talked about him. I don't want to hear about Donovan anymore. Past the need for Donovan. <laughs> uh, everyone um, loves an undersea kingdom, though, huh? Yeah. Uh, they, I love that they're always hostile to landlubbers. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like I would like these to- ones to invade Washington, D.C. <laughs> I would like to read the first sentence from a segment of this article called Sunbow Generation 1 cartoon. I don't know what that means. That's fine. It says, When Laserbeak and Buzzsaw detected Mm -hmm. an underwater city giving off massive energy readings, Megatron immediately investigated. Laserbeak and Buzzsaw, you guys. Laserbeak. Is Buzzsaw a buzzard? What is Laserbeak? <laughs> he's one of the Decepticons, I assume. Yeah, but he's a he's from the modern age. He's a robot, not a bird, right? But then why is he Laserbeak? Because sometimes some of them were also animals, like the, all the Dinobots. Like, he could transform uh, into three things? <laughs> Lockjaw was a dinosaur that transformed into a robot. Yeah, I understand that. He's not a Dinobot. And what I'm asking is, could he turn from a robot into a vehicle and then into a condor? Yeah, probably. Wow. Sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, it looks like he turned into a jet that looks like a bird. Uh, guys, I'm very bummed out, that though, by this article about Laserbeak. <laughs> because <laughs> affiliation Decepticons function interrogation alternate mode cassette tape. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, he's no. <laughs> he's Soundwave's best friend. Oh, Laserbeak, no. Wait, he's okay. Soundwave's best friend because they have sex with each other. Was Soundwave a cassette player? Yeah, yes. Soundwave was a cassette okay. player, and Laserbeak oh, is best the tape. Fr- they're best friends in the way that cartoons in the seventies had to refer to male uh, sexual partners as friends. <laughs> yes, agreed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I have just discovered that actually this isn't the good Transformers wiki, but it does seem to be a clone of it. Like, it copies all the pages from it. Oh, man, <laughs> oh you've really derailed this whole episode talking about this fictional good <laughs> Transformers wiki, Dan. <laughs> um, I do like the the sentence Laserbeak is a follower, not a leader. Sure. <laughs> like, fuck, you got roasted, Laserbeak. <laughs> Sunbow is the company that produced G.I. Joe, Transformers, Jam and the Holograms, mm-hmm. uh, My Little Pony, and Bucky O'Hare and the Toad Wars. Oh man, I remember Bucky O'Hare. I love yeah. that show. 
Yeah, these pictures look very 80s. Was Bucky O'Hare and Usagi Yojimbo on TV at the same time? Was Usagi Yojimbo even on TV, or did he just guest star, guest star on the Ninja Turtles? Oh, maybe he did just guest star on the Ninja he Turtles. He had his own long-running manga, though, right? Yes. Yeah, he's a he's a uh, famous comic book by Stan Sakai. Okay. I just remember loving him on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and then being like, oh, Bucky O'Hare's gonna be like that, too, and then it wasn't anywhere near as good as Usagi Yojimbo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's ju- he just uh, guest stars on Ninja Turtles, uh, and they announced a cartoon, but it hasn't come out yet. I like the idea that Usagi Yojimbo, whenever he hung out with the Ninja Turtles, was subtly shaming them a little bit. I remember watching it as a kid, and he would always come in and be like, well, but you have to fight more honorably than this. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, you're just sitting around ninja. eating pizza and not training? <laughs> Not just They're that, ninja, but, and he's a samurai. Yeah, like he was like, "I'm I'm your friend, but I'm disgusted by everything you do." <laughs> it was pretty good. Yeah, I love that. Also, I like him because he's the only way I can remember that in Japanese, usagi is the word for rabbit, whereas mm-hmm. unagi is the word for sea urchin. Yes. Well, you should also remember because Usagi is Sailor Moon's name. Well, I've never watched that, and it always looked like trash, so I didn't watch it. <laughs> they call her Bunny in the original dub. Hmm. Yeah. Wait, that's her human name? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like a, a a human mother and father gave her that name? Uh-huh. That can't be right. <laughs> yep. Oh, no. Um, give us a last random page so I can stop doing the show and turn my <laughs> yeah. air conditioning on. I'm going to die. Let right. us finally die, Louisa. Also, an underwater theme, I have The Nemo is my page. The Nemo is Dr. Morocco's massive undersea laboratory. I looked him up and because I was suspicious about that name to see if it was racist, and it kind of is because he looks like Vincent Price. Yep. So I guess he's, uh, I guess this whole thing is meant to be a reference to the Nemo, which was the ship from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Yeah. Uh, the ship, shaped like a, a massive anglerfish, it has all the latest stolen technology, including a chamber of youth, so Dr. Morocco can maintain his looks. Wow, this this guy comes from the longest-running Transformers cartoon ever, Transformers Rescue Bots. Cool. Which I've never heard of. Has anyone ever done a joke where the Nemo is underwater and then someone looks out the the window and sees, like, a gremlin on the wing that is- or on the sail or whatever that's tearing it apart and it's terror at 30,000 leagues under the sea? (laughs) Uh, I think you'll remember that that is kind of the plot of the 20,000 leagues under the sea ride at the Magic Kingdom, which has since been disbanded. Where a uh, squid attacks your ship, and the captain has to shoot it with a harpoon. I will I mean, also say you're not at a depth of 20,000 leagues, but they travel a distance of 20,000 leagues while under the sea. Yeah, I mean, that makes wa- a lot more sense. I don't think there are 20,000 leagues down, right? Right, I just yeah. wanted to be a pedant about this book I've never read and never will read because I can't read. Yes. <laughs> um... Anyway, te- Terror at 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea is a funny joke, I think. Okay. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. The thing is, though, you wouldn't even have to have anything uh, supernatural about it, because there are horrible things yeah. down there. <laughs> that would be the that would be the joke. Yeah. If you did this in a cartoon show, the end of the joke would be someone being like, yeah, there, <laughs> this... yeah there's lots of fish and shit out there. <laughs> that's normal. <laughs> this ship also looks like an anglerfish. Yeah, I said that. But Oh, did you? Yes, I read that line. Like, Dr. Robotnitz. Robotnik's angler. 
It's got, like, gems for eyes. Apparently it also has a docking bay for the Shark Submarine, which Mm, this guy has. That's a red link that doesn't link to anything. How can you not... How dare you, Transformers (laughs) Wiki, not include a page about the Shark Submarine? (laughs) Now I gotta Google the Shark Submarine. Shark... Uh, Oh yeah, under notes, the Nemo's named for Captain Nemo. I was right, but he was Captain of the Nautilus, which is a much cooler ship name. Okay, I didn't find anything Transformers related, but I did find a speedboat that looks like a shark, which is awesome. That is pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, it can go underwater. It is a shark submarine. Amazing. Have any of you been tempted to watch any recent Transformers cartoons or read any Transformers comic books in the way that I have been tempted to do so? Absolutely not. Okay, I have been tempted to do this uh, because I keep hearing that they're good, but can they possibly be good enough to overcome the embarrassment of engaging with Transformers as a 32-year-old man? I thought you weren't embarrassed by uh, watching kids' shows or reading kids' comics. Yeah, you watched all of the Star Wars kids' cartoon show, Jeff. I saw- I heard about this. Right, but- that is because I, Star Wars is like a mainstream cultural thing where, you know... <laughs> Transformers is very niche. <laughs> yeah. Transformers is like, if you're into Transformers, you're either a child or a pervert. And that's not true of Star Wars? <laughs> no, Star Wars is like the second most successful media franchise in the history of the world. Everyone has seen Star Wars. I don't understand your distinctions between the two. The distinction is, like, there are not Transformers fans who are normal people. There are definitely Star Wars fans who are normal people. I will say, I think that there are story or, like, literary reasons to like Star Wars, whereas I don't think there are any literary redeeming features of uh, Transformers. What about Orson Welles? I mean, he was in it, but it killed him. (laughs) Yeah, that's Uh, what did it. (laughs) Okay, guys, now that Jeff has talked a lot of yay, I would like to talk to you guys about the 25 highest grossing media franchises of all time. Okay, number one is Pokemon, I know that. Yes, that is true. (laughs) True and correct. Would you like to guess number two? Is it still Star Wars? Nope. Star Wars it was for a while. Star Wars is number four. Whoa! No, five. Sorry, number five. Star Wars was number one until Pokemon came along. That's wild. Yep. Is it like Toy Story or something? Nope. Although, uh, well, no, it's not. Cars (laughs) is up there because Cars before Cars 2 was the, uh, highest, most profitable film of all time thanks to making $3 billion in merchandise sales. Yes, Cars is higher than Toy Story, but it's still like 15 down. Yeah. Alright, uh, number two, I'm gonna guess, is Marvel Comics. Nope. Louisa, you, you like this thing. Uh-oh. Kind of. Kind of. Hmm. Not really. Not in a non-ironic way. You like this ironically. <laughs> Animal Cross. <laughs> what, what were the parameters again? Uh, the highest grossing media franchises of all time. Oh, man. Is it something that you would say is for kids? Yes, absolutely yes. Is it Nintendo games? No. Okay. It is Hello Kitty. Oh, I don't like Hello ah. Kitty. <laughs> you like uh, that angry penguin that <laughs> she's friends with. <laughs> no, I like Choco Cat. Choco Cat's pretty good. But Bad I like Maroon. Bad's Maroon, no thanks. I love Bad's Maroon. <laughs> Maybe uh, if I that's bought... me I'm thinking of. 
<laughs> I bought the Gudetama Tamagotchi, and I have not opened it yet, because I'm embarrassed to have purchased it. <laughs> I don't know why you're suddenly embarrassed by the things that you buy, Jeff, because you've always liked the same kinds of things. Yep. Yeah, uh, I guess. I don't think that I would have bought a Sanrio product as a child. I think I would have been humiliated by that. Mm, but now, you never go outside, and no one ever sees you do anything. You are free. Mm, I go outside and scoot around a lot. See? And you're not <laughs> embarrassed by that. <laughs> Yeah, you have no shame. I don't know why you're worried. <laughs> oh, God, are you saying I should be ashamed? <laughs> Everyone saying, should be ashamed of everything all the time, Jeff. You should embrace not being ashamed by things other people might be ashamed of, and then just fold that over into not being ashamed of anything. Yeah, the, ulti- the ultimate social power any human can have is the ability to just not be ashamed of doing things they like. Yeah. I wonder when they recalculated this. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm going by uh, titlemax.com, so I don't know how. Oh, the Wikipedia is the same. Okay. Winnie Uh, the Pooh is number three. Number mm -hmm. four, Mickey Mouse. Okay. Number five, Star Wars. Number six, Ann Pan Man. Oh, that bread Uh, guy. Uh, Ann Pan Man is a Japanese superhero who seems to have, uh, yeah, a bread head. Cool. (laughs) Uh, Number seven is Disney Princesses, which is weird. Yeah. I that feel like seems that should like count. more than one thing, but okay. Yeah. Uh, and then Mario, Shonen Jump, Harry Potter, Marvel, etc., etc. I'm not going to keep doing this because Jeff looked up the answers while we were in the middle of playing the game, yeah. which he does every time I try to do a game on this show. Yeah. So I guess it's. Over. I figured once we guessed the second one, we were done with the game. Why would you think that, Jeff? <laughs> uh, because this is an interminable show. <laughs> that is true. Let's stop doing it. <laughs> Yeah, I did look up Orson Welles on this, and there's a very great, great quote about how much he hated being in the Transformers yeah. movie, so. I, I yeah. believe he said something like, I've just recorded a voice for some Japanese thing that I don't know what yeah. it is. Some terrible robot toys from Japan that have changed from one thing to another. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm imagining that in the voice of Maurice LaMarche is very fun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, yeah. well. Thanks, everyone, for listening to our show. Uh, we're sorry if you like Transformers, I guess. Yes. We like it, too, once upon every, a time. Every time, we post, every time we post one of these episodes, the title comes up, and then a bunch of our fans are like, Ooh, yay, you're going to talk about my favorite thing. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, made, I made a Twitter friend from that Bionicle episode, so I'm calling everything a net positive. <laughs> I think we ended up being super into Bionicle by the end of that episode. Well, Matt, you you were, because you get uh, uh, Bionicle-pilled by whatever wiki we go to. (laughs) Yeah! And you love the thing. Listen, Louisa, just like Jeff's superpower is being uh, unashamed of things that other people would be ashamed of, I approach everything with an open heart, even if it's terrible. Yeah. No, I've become Optimus-pilled, and I'm for sure going to get way into Transformers now. I'm Cybertron-pilled. I I will say this. I would never be at all interested in watching any Transformer movie or um, uh, cartoon show. I would still play with a car- uh, with a Transformer action figure oh, right yeah. now today. Absolutely. Speaking I of which, I would fucking play with it all day long. A lot of this time, I was thinking about how maybe when this movie came out, but definitely in the mid '80s, we got uh, McDonald's toys in Happy Meals yes. that were McDonald's foods that were Transformers, and yes. we had the Egg McMuffin and we had the box of fries. Yes, we had. I, agree, I right? think we had all of them because we we had the Egg McMuffin and the Big Mac and. Hmm. I think 
That I, I don't remember. Fries. I don't yeah. remember any of that. I only remember the two. One of my most beloved toys as a child was from the sequel to uh, Beast Wars that I didn't watch, where they went back to Cybertron and everything was, like, metallic textured. Uh, I had Transmetal Optimus Primal, who turned from a pink, orange, and blue gorilla into a jet and a tank. Oh my god. <laughs> that was pretty good. Ugh. They really jumped the shark when they had to have their robots be robots and a vehicle and then another kind of vehicle. Jumped, they just uh, really jumped the gorilla. <clears throat> they really jumped the shark submarine. Yeah, that's oh right. no, sorry, he turned from a gorilla into a robot into a jet into a tank. So he had four God modes. damn it. <laughs> that's too many. Alright guys, thanks for listening to the show. If you liked it, please rate and review us on iTunes and tell your friends about the show. I realize that sounded like a really hard edit, but it's just I was done with our bullshit. <laughs> yeah. um, so, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter, ha- at HackTheNetPod. Uh, and if you want to join our Discord so that you can tell us how we talked about badly about the thing you love, you can do so by messaging us on social media. I'm on social media, at Matt Heron, at Mastodon.online. Go to mastodon.social slash at jeffjk or jeffjk on Snapchat and Instagram to see my thoughts or see me post images that I've taken with my camera app on my telephone. Alright, you can find me on mastodon at <laughs> louisa at mastodon.xyz. Alright guys, well thank you very much for listening to this episode. If you liked it, please come back next time. In the meantime, please remember to keep your pockets on track. Don't post a comment. Do your job!